Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is presented by Progressive Insurance, guests on the Goodyear Hotline. And I don't want to gloss over the first words I spoke to you today because it feels like something important, at least to me. And that is, and maybe this is if there's any young people listening to the conversation today, one of the great blessings you can have in your life is to have a job you really love. And so I had a vacation. I had a wonderful time. It was great to get away with, with my wife and with great close friends and all of that. And, and I had a fabulous time. But th- it is one of the great blessings of my life to have a job that I'm actually happy to come back to. Like a lot, I know so many people that get their time off and they just dread it every single day. I'm excited to be back. I've been taking notes uh, and I'm ready to go. And, and, and so it's just, I hope... If it ever starts to seem like I take that for granted, then they need to take this show away from me. You need to stop letting me do this um, because it is I'm just a lucky person to have a job that I'm happy to come back to when I come off of a, a vacation. And I have a million things built up to say just very quickly to finish the home run derby conversation we were having a minute ago, because that I feel like has sort of become better than the game tomorrow night. Like the home run derby, these guys now suddenly they want to be in it. They want to be a part of it. You've got the names that you want in it. You're going to get Pete Alonzo and Shohei Otani and all those guys going at it tonight. And Hembo just tweeted a few minutes ago. It's sort of an interesting conversation. His dream, Hembo tweeted, my dream all-time home run derby bracket. And here are the names he puts on it. Babe Ruth, Josh Gibson, Ken Griffey Jr., Mickey Mantle, Mark McGuire, Jimmy Fox, Reggie Jackson, Josh Hamilton, and he puts at the Polo Grounds. If he could pick anywhere, pick anywhere to put it. Could you be older than Hembo? I mean, Hembo was a thirty-year-old man who wants his his dream is to watch a home run derby at the Polo Grounds. <laughs> what what percentage of people who are thirty years old do you think are even aware there was ever a place called the Polo Grounds? But that's Hembo for you right there. But so anyway, that should be fun tonight. And I was just sort of bemoaning if you're just jumping into the conversation here. I thought Buster had a pretty good solution to this. All these players who've decided not to play in the All-Star game, which is their right. And and again, this year more than any other because of COVID, I, I totally get them wanting to have three or four days completely to themselves. But Buster's solution to it was have them decide that at the beginning of the season. Have them announce that. It's a simple solution. Take your name off the ballot at the beginning. So the, the players that the fans are voting for are players who want to be a part of it. And I just think it'll make the whole thing feel completely different. What I'm not going to do is I'm not going to sit here and, and regale you with how much better it was when I was a kid. It is, it is, I assume you've heard someone say that to you in the past. If you're not old enough to remember a time when the All-Star Game felt like a really big event, like one of the biggest events on the sports calendar, because it certainly did to me. If you're not old enough to remember that time, then I don't see why you would give a damn. I really don't. Everyone bemoaning that. I, I can't read it anymore. I cannot read one more column telling me what a travesty it is that this game used to mean something. Lots of things used to mean something. Times changed, and this changed an awful long time ago. So I don't have an issue with it. It can still be a fun event. And I think that a lot of the fun is taken out of it by these players choosing not to play at this stage. So you know what? If you're not going to be a part of the All-Star game, which is your right, just decide that at the beginning so we don't spend our time and energy voting for you. And we'll figure out the money. I get that players have All-Star bonuses in their contracts. We'll figure out how to make that part of it work. Anyway, the Home Run Derby is tonight. Baseball's best sluggers vying for long ball supremacy. Coverage begins tonight, 8 Eastern, on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Meanwhile, Greenies Takes. 
I want to make sure we have plenty of time in this hour for your phone calls because so much stuff happened all week while I was away and then particular over the weekend. So I'm going to make sure I set aside a bunch of time for your calls towards the end of this hour. And in order to do so, I'm going to give you a bunch of my takes here quickly in case you were not with us for the first hour of the show. I'm going to take you through a bunch of different stuff um, from top to bottom. So it begins with this. We are seeing, I think, the beginning of a new NBA superstar in these finals, and his name is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And by that, I mean this. Despite the fact that he has been a two-time MVP, and despite the fact that his team has won as many games as it has over the last few years, I've always felt that he was a flawed superstar because there was too much attention placed on the things he couldn't do rather than the things that he could And as I've watched this transformation in him during this postseason, what I think I'm realizing is the reason for that is him. It's not because he can't do that. You don't expect a player who was a five with a handle. Tim Legler said it to me on television this morning. He's a center with handles. You don't expect that. You don't criticize Anthony Davis for the things he can't do. You didn't criticize Shaq for the things he couldn't do. You don't criticize, well, Nikola Jokic can do a lot of those things, but you don't criticize those players for the things they can't do because they generally don't do them. Giannis has wanted to be Kobe. And why not? Who among us that likes basketball didn't want to be Kobe out there on the floor? But Cassidy Hubberth was on Get Up With Me this morning, and she said it really well. Giannis is starting to figure out that he is more Shaq than he is Kobe. And as he figures that out, my response is the league better be good and worried because doing that, he can be the most dominant force in the sport. It doesn't mean that in the last two minutes of a game, he's going to be where you go for a bucket. You got to have other guys around him who can do that for you. The way Kobe was that for Shaq when they won their championships. Jalen said it this morning on TV. 46 minutes of playing against those Lakers was about stopping Shaq, and the last two were about Kobe. And that was an unbeatable combination because Kobe was, you know, one of the handful of greatest players of all time. And Milwaukee doesn't have anyone even remotely approaching that. But I think they have guys who are good enough. I think they can get him over the finish line. So I think we are seeing sort of the birth of a new kind of Giannis here who could become, I think, an even more dominant player than he's been. And that's something to say for a guy who's a two-time league MVP. So I feel like that's the first step today. I think the Bucks have – do I expect them to win the series now? No. But I think they got a shot because I think they've got the formula. My criticism of them for a long time has primarily been aimed at the coach. Because if you've watched them play in their frustrating losses, particularly to Toronto when they blew a 2 nothing lead in the playoffs two years ago, if you watch them play in the fourth quarters of those games, they looked like they had no idea where they wanted to go for a basket. And maybe part of that was Giannis needing to understand that he couldn't be thinking that way, that he needs to be the screener, that he needs to be the guy who is going to create for a bunch of shooters and take it to the hole. And the problem with that is going to be his inability to want to make foul shots at the ends of these games. One way or another, the point of it is this. I think we are seeing the emergence of a different style in Giannis, which is going to be more Shaq and less Kobe. And I think that is the best he can possibly be. Next. I made a lot of people mad at me today. I've done this before. I'll do it again. I'm expecting there to be a lot of calls on it towards the end of this hour, and I'm answering your calls gladly. Penalty kicks in soccer are as exciting, as dramatic as anything that there is in any sport. But they are a ridiculous way 
to settle an event that is that meaningful. It just is. It is no less contrived than putting a runner on second base to start an inning in baseball. It is no less contrived than if they decided to have a home run derby at the end of a baseball game to settle a tie. Or to have a bunch of golfers just trade off making 15-foot putts and see who misses first to settle a golf event that is tied. Or to have a bunch of basketball players taking a free throw contest to settle a game that is tied. It is no less contrived than college football's overtime, which is also exciting but awful. A ridiculous way to settle something that matters. If you've got a really important football game that really matters, it should not be decided by this contrived nonsense. You know who gets it right is the National Hockey League. The NHL, during their regular season, they have these shootouts because they just want to get the game over with and they would prefer it not to end in a tie the way it always used to. But when they get to the postseason where these games matter, two overtimes, three overtimes, four overtimes, no problem. We'll keep playing because it's too important to make up some baloney that winds up deciding it. So that's what I think. I know that there's a lot of disagreement out there. Feel free to call with that if you choose to. One more thing. You might have noticed that the basketball team, that USA Basketball, and in a weekend filled with huge international events, and I watched a lot of it, actually. I watched Messi in the Copa America final on Saturday night. It was fun. I watched the Euros yesterday. I watched a bunch of Wimbledon with Djokovic and everything else. But the Team USA losing to Nigeria, is that a big deal? Well, it's not nothing. They were outplayed by Nigeria and lost on Saturday, 90-87. to This coming into a game, the Americans had been 54-2 and in exhibition games since pros started playing in 92. They played Nigeria nine years ago, and, and we won by 83 points in the London Olympics. Five years ago, they played again. And again, it was a completely one-sided affair. The dominance has been remarkable. They played them five years ago, and they won by 43 points. But Nigeria now has five current NBA players, and that talent showed particularly in their physical defense and three-point shooting. The Americans started five all-NBA players and lost. So is this a sign that we might not win the gold at the Olympics? Probably not. They'll play much harder and take it more seriously and all that when the Olympics actually begin rather than these exhibitions. But I don't think it's nothing. I don't think it's nothing. Hey, be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's Ultimate Unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. The poll question is coming up next, and then your calls for the rest of the show. As we roll on, I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet 
Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, with my guests on the Goodyear Hotline. And busy we are coming off of one of the busiest sports weeks and weekends of the year tons to talk about and we'll get your chance to do it in just a few minutes going to open up the phones to your thoughts but the one thing i have not yet gotten to today was this poll question that i put up on twitter and i want to give you the background on it so my friend and colleague uh jeremy fowler did this really good poll not of viewers on twitter or anything but he polled tons of people around the national football league asking for the top players at every different position. And each day, if you've been following it on TV and and it's up on ESPN.com, he has ranked the top 10 players at each different NFL position. And today was the one that was the most interesting, I think, because of the quarterbacks. And it should be no surprise who the top three are. The top three quarterbacks in this order were Patrick Mahomes, number one, Aaron Rodgers, number two, and Tom Brady, number three. And there are a lot of different ways to slice that. I have no issue with the order. I have no issue with with Patrick Mahomes being number one. He's the best player. I have no issue with Rodgers being number two coming off the season he had, still at the pinnacle that he is. It's remarkable that Tom Brady is as high as that, considering the fact that he's going to be 44 years old. But it's really hard to argue against it. But as we went through all the different qualities that make up a quarterback, Dominique Foxworth and I started yelling at each other. And this spilled over on the air into which Dominique said, if you could pick any one quarterback to win you one big game, your life on the line, however you want to describe it, he would take Patrick Mahomes. He said, Greeny, if your life was on the line, I would take Patrick Mahomes. And I said, well, why are you playing with my life that way? Because Tom Brady would have killed me twice if given the opportunity. I understand football is a team game, but why are we having the conversation otherwise? Mahomes and Brady have played each other in the playoffs twice, and Brady won both games. He beat him in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, and I don't want anyone to tell me he had a superior team. You're going to tell me all those guys he had on the Patriots were so much better than the guys on the Chiefs? Stop it. And then they played each other in the Super Bowl this year, and Brady won. Now, I know the Chiefs that Patrick was playing without his whole offensive line. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I'm trying to say maybe the most obvious answer to any question I could imagine is if you could pick a quarterback in the history of the sport to win one game with everything on the line, it has to be Tom Brady. 
When we analyze all the things that make all these quarterbacks special, the boat, the goat, we talked about it. Is he the goat? Is he the greatest of all time? The best of all time? Does he have the best arm? Does he have the best leadership? All these different things. And you want to try and tell me, no, Greeny, I would take Rodgers the greatest of all time for this reason, or I would take Joe Montana, or I would take Johnny Unitas, or I would take Sammy Baugh. I don't care. I'll listen to all of that. But no one in their right mind could ever take anyone to win one game ahead of Tom Brady. How many one games does he need to win? He's done more in Super Bowls than most players have done in their entire postseason lives. He's won a million playoff games. He's won seven championships. And so I'm delighted that when I put this poll question up on Twitter, see, this is why you're smarter than the people I'm dealing with every single day. Because I put this question up there for you on my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. It stays open for a few more minutes. The poll does. But I've got over 27,000 votes on it already. And 70%, the question is, if you could pick one quarterback to win one game with everything on the line, who you got? 70% of my votes are for Tom Brady. 17% are for Patrick Mahomes, and 13% are for Aaron Rodgers. And again, that is not being dismissive of those guys. Mahomes might wind up being the best I've ever seen. Rodgers might be the best I've ever seen. But Brady is the guy who wins. If you're looking for someone to win, that's the guy you get. So I'm delighted to see that you, who voted on my poll, did not overthink this, did not talk yourself into an obvious mistake when the answer couldn't be more plain than the nose on your face. If you're looking to win one game, in, and, and maybe in any sport ever, you would take Brady to do it. It's Brady or Jordan, Bill Russell. That's the company he keeps. He's not battling Aaron Rodgers for that. He's, he's battling Michael Jordan and Bill Russell and the greatest winners in the history of sports. So I'm delighted to see that everybody got that one right. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause briefly here. My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. I want to make sure we have plenty of time for calls today. We'll do your hot takes. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. Because so much is going on right now. You have thoughts on the Euros and the PKs? I'm here. You have thoughts on what happened with the Yankees and Jose Altuve? I'm here. You have thoughts on Giannis Antetokounmpo? You have thoughts on Novak Djokovic? You have thoughts on any of the extraordinary, Conor McGregor, any of the things that happened in sports this weekend, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The rest of the show belongs to you, and it continues in just a moment on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is Greeny coming to you as always live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, opening up the phones to you for your hot takes on all the action around the world of sports in just 30 seconds after this word from California Almonds. Country versus country, you versus the home printer. No matter the competition, you need natural fuel, and almonds are exactly that fuel for the best you. A handful of almonds have six grains or six grams, excuse me, of plant-based protein. We can't get any easier to fuel good so you can feel good. Now just choose how to get fueled up. Whole almonds is a snack, almond milk in your smoothies, almond butter smeared on just about anything. Whether you're podium topping or printing at home, almonds in any form are natural fuel for the best you. California almonds own your every day, every day. Again, so much sports over the course of this weekend. In the last few days, I want to hear from you. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. I've given you a ton of takes today. Now it's your turn to respond any way you choose. Mikey C. is in for Bubba today. Mikey, who's our first caller? Let's go to Matt in Long Island. All right, Matt, give me a hot take, my friend. Greeny, how you doing? Uh, we got two things in common. I love my job when I come back from vacation, and I'm a casual soccer fan. Okay. Um, so real quick, so I yesterday I was actually looking forward and praying that it was going to go to penalty kicks because I feel like it's one of the most electric things in sports, and it's not a guarantee. So the goalie's not going to save it every time, but then he could save it, you know, on, or somebody hit a post. So I, I like it. you got 120 minutes to try and beat the other team. I'm in for the penalty kicks, and I'm a casual fan. Uh, but let me ask you this, Matt. I like it, too. I don't think we're saying different things. It is exciting. It is extraordinarily dramatic. But do you feel like we determined who the better team was on this day? Like, like we're here to settle who's going to win this trophy, who's going to win this huge international tournament. This is the champion now and forever. Do you feel like we settled that on the field yesterday by having those 10 guys step up there and do that? It's such a tough take. It's a good take. When you explain it that way, I kind of lean towards, them continuing playing but again i think as a casual fan i just like the electricity i think if i'm in england or an uh, italy fan i'm there and i'm a diehard i think i probably hate the penalty kicks um but yeah i mean and and i'm a huge hockey fan i I love that there's no shootout in the playoffs it's fine during the regular season can't stand it in the playoffs and i'm a massive fan so i think it it might be based on your your fandom ship if that's even a word it's a it's a good call matt And, and the example thank you very much for calling it and the The example of the NHL, I think, is the best one I can think of, which is to say they came up with a quote-unquote contrived way to decide regular season games because, I mean, there had been ties since the beginning of time, and they decided they didn't want ties anymore. So we're going to settle these games with um, with the shootout. But then once they start to really matter in the postseason, we're not going to let something that important be determined by something this random. So I have great respect for that, and I think – that is, um, that's the way, I, I view this almost exactly the same way. Matt, thank you for the call. Mikey, who's next? Let's go to Ryan in Connecticut. All right, Ryan, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Give me a hot take. 
Hey, Mike, uh, first of all, great honor to talk to you. Huge, huge fan. Um, in regards to the All-Star game, I think having the opt-in, opt-out at the beginning of the year, great idea. Major League Baseball, they can set aside a pool. It could be slotted for starters or reserves. They pay the bonuses out there. On the team end, you do it based on war on a sliding scale. Everyone's happy. Yeah, Ryan, thank you for the call. What he's referring to, in case you weren't with me, is Buster only made the suggestion of a solution to this issue we have where all these players are choosing not to play in the All-Star game, and it just diminishes it. It, it dimin- the, fa- the simple fact that you have all these players turning down the spots and thus others being moved into their place just makes it feel less big. I'm not talking about it feeling like the, the way it felt in the 70s. I know it's never going to be that again, but it could feel bigger if all the players of the fans vote in, show up and play in the game. So Buster's solution, and I liked it, was let the players decide at the beginning of the season, do you want your name on the ballot or not? If your name is on the ballot and you get voted in, you show up and you play. If you don't want to do it, you take it off. Now, the, the issue comes, a lot of players have bonuses, performance-based bonuses involved in, in all-star selections. That's one way of looking at it. There's got to be other ways of looking at this. There have to be other ways of, of getting that decided like instead of being selected for the all-star game being the bonus <coughs> have something else that for which you are selected that this that, that like the media ch- chooses or something like that i i don't have a, a, an exact solution off the top of my head what ray brought up was sort of an interesting thought there i'd have to give that a little more thought but one way or another if the object is to make the all-star game feel as big as we can still make it feel this to me does not feel like we're doing it Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Mikey, who's next? Uh, we went from Ryan. Let's go to Brian. All right, Brian, give me a hot take. So I, I think that PKs at the end of a game are great, uh, but as a casual fan, I think I'm I'm more on your side. So um, I've always thought that penalty kicks at the end of a game should be moved back five to six feet, you know, maybe to, to the edge of the box, just to give the goalie the opportunity to show his skill just as much as the shooter has. That, that's fair. Brian, stay with me. So let me ask you a question. Are you a college football fan? Uh-oh. Did we just lose Brian? <laughs> oh, we lost Brian. But the, here was going to be the question I was going to ask him. Are you a college football fan? I remember one year. This was before they went to the playoff they have now. Penn State was having an unbelievable season, an unbelievable season. And this was back in the time, <coughs> excuse me, when there was the BCS. So if you weren't one or two, you were done. And they were a really good team that year. And you'll remember the game if you, if you know what I'm talking about. And they lost an overtime game. I forget who it is that beat them, but someone beat them in overtime. And I'm watching this overtime, and I'm watching this other team beat them in this contrived nonsense where they put the ball on the 25-yard line and you determine the winner from that. And I'm thinking to myself, based on that, this team now cannot play for the championship. Like, we've decided this team's season is over Their goals, their dreams, their hopes are over because of this contrived baloney that we have to settle these games. And that was the day once and for all I thought, I hate the overtime system in college football. And I will never change my – you will never be able to convince me I'm wrong about that. And I think there's a similarity here. It is exciting. It is dramatic. And it does solve the one problem of not wanting to play forever. But there has to be a better way, a, a more satisfying conclusion. I, I'm happy to hear I'm not the only person who feels that way. Uh, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Mikey, who's next? Let's go to Anthony. All right, Anthony, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny. I just wanted to point out the uh, Jose Altuve incident recently. 
He backed out of the All-Star game, stating a leg injury, and just proceeded to play the three-game series against the Yankees. I just think he didn't want to be in the locker room with the same guys like Aaron Judge and Aurel the Chapman facing them face-to-face. I just think he honestly backed out because he was scared, not because of this leg injury. Oh, yeah. I mean, stay with me a second there. So, so let me ask you, are you a Yankee fan? Yes, sir. Okay. So you saw what happened this weekend. Could anything worse? I want to make sure I want to paint the picture here for anyone who may not have followed this across the country. So the Yankees play the Astros. This is their chance. You know, they're, they're going up against the, the Astros who they, they don't believe the Astros cheated. We know the Astros cheated them out of a chance to play in the World Series two years ago, three years ago. So they mock Altuve twice. Aaron Judge does it. Gary Sanchez does it. Feigning the whole don't rip my shirt off act, which, as I said earlier in the show today, for those of you just joining me, normally I'd be opposed to. Normally I do believe that would be showing somebody up. I am all for celebration for a baseball player. I'm not for mocking an individual opponent. That does feel like showing someone up. But in this unique case, when this team clearly did cheat you out of a chance to play for a championship, then I have no issue with what they did. But can you imagine anything worse than Altuve hitting the walk-off three-run homer to beat them yesterday and then having his shirt ripped off by his teammates at home plate? Could you imagine anything worse happening than that? No, that was literally the perfect way the Astros could have scripted anything. It's, it's right. I mean, it was literally the worst conclusion for the Yankees you could ever possibly have. Now, was I the only person who noticed? Does Altuve have a tattoo? Like, wasn't the whole excuse? Someone refresh my memory. Nuno or, or whoever knows the act. What, what am I remembering? What so was, he the said, excuse was a tattoo. Yeah, he said he had a bad tattoo that his wife didn't want anyone to see. And then... You know, if there's some pictures and it looks like he has something on his left clavicle, but like you can't really tell. So who knows? Yeah. So like like they had the tattoo removed, which I know you can do now. And I'm not really a tattoo guy. So I, I don't I don't have any tattoos and I don't know a whole lot about them. But I do remember that was his reason for why they couldn't rip his shirt off. I mean, look, at the end of the day. That was just an extraordinarily dramatic way for the first half of the season to come to a close for both sides. And so in the end, it is Altuve who laughs last and laughs and thus laughs best. Do I think he doesn't want any part of being around all those guys in the All-Star game? Yes, because this is not just a rivalry. This is cheating, which is completely different than a rivalry. Rivals will get together in a locker room and play in the All-Star game, and it's great because they put aside their differences. You're not putting aside your differences if you're the Yankees or the Dodgers or a lot of other people for the Astros and Altuve, and I don't expect them to. Greening with you on ESPN Radio. Thank you for the call. Mikey, who's next? Let's go to Vic. All right, Vic, you're on ESPN Radio. So many different things around the world of sports. Give me a take today. Hey, good morning, Greeny. Uh, talking about the MLB All-Star game and the players opting out, it's kind of interesting listening to that because uh, not that anybody cares about what used to go on, but I'm, I can remember as a little kid, I want to say the early to mid-60s, they were still playing two All-Star games in the middle of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were. It wasn't just one. They did. And um, – but I think that the issue that you're talking about currently with the players opting out is really there's quite a bit of precedence that already exists for that. You look no further than the NFL and the Pro Bowl. I mean, do they still even play that game anymore? Um, and that's a game that the players were bailing out of that right and left for years, maybe decades. Correct. Another example in college football in recent years, you've got good players on mediocre teams are uh, opting out of these meaningless bowl games, uh, which I don't blame them at all. So, 
you know, this is just a continuation of a trend in multiple sports. And I'll also tell you a solution to the money issue that you brought up, and I'll also tell you what the hang-up is. Let me hear it. The solution to the money issue is that the, the players, as, as uh, somebody suggested, would make it known before the season, season starts that they don't want to be considered for the All-Star game. And if they have a bonus in their contract for making the All-Star uh, team, they would forego that. Now, willingly. Now, the, the, the hang-up there is the Players Association bureaucracy, Tony Clark and those people would never, or they would try to prevent that because they don't like players willingly or voluntarily agreeing to do anything uh, that's, you know, that it amounts to a give back. But that would be a good solution, I think a fair one. Well, no, but, but I disagree with you, and let me tell you why. Because there, no one is going to agree to forego that when they can just choose not to go now. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if, you're, if you're you and you have a $500,000 bonus if you make the All-Star team, and I'm giving you the following options. Either take your name off the ballot in March and you forego the $500,000, or continue to have a chance to get the $500,000, and if you get voted onto the team, just decide the week before you don't feel like it. 100 out of 100 people are going to do that, right? Right. I, I, I agree, but, it, but that defeats the whole purpose of them opting out before the season starts. I mean, you never get a solution to that. No, well, I mean, my point is you find some other way to attach the, you find something else to attach the bonuses to, meaning the bonuses would no longer, for the players who were active, this would have to sort of get grandfathered out, I would guess. But ultimately, the objective here would be that those bonuses are no longer tied to all-star appearances or to all-star selections, or maybe there's some way of being selected that you don't have to participate in the game. I, I get what you're saying. Your way would obviously solve the problem, but I don't think any player would actually do it. Thank you very much for the call. Unless there's something I'm missing there, I, I, I don't think that would uh, solve the problem at all. Let me get time for one more here. Go ahead, uh, Mikey. Who you got? Right, let's go to Jose. Jose, give me a hot take. Hey, good morning, Mikey. Thanks so for taking my call. So I'm calling about the Euros and the penalty kicks. Yes, please. Um, I do believe it's, it's, it's the best way to settle the game. Um, I know being a fan, it brings a lot of excitement and anxiety at the same time. But I believe uh, when it comes to the Euros, when you play the extra 30 minutes in overtime, it actually does come down to the better team, which was Italy. Well, but why? I mean, it, 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 after 120 minutes, the better team didn't win. So this came down yesterday to a 19-year-old kid with a bad kick at the very end and, a, a, and maybe some questionable coaching decisions. I want you to explain that to me. How did yesterday – everyone told me Italy was the better team going into yesterday, to be clear. And I watched it, and I was excited about it and all the rest of that. But you tell me how that game came down to Italy being the better team. I just I believe it comes down to preparation. When it comes down to PKs, I mean, I have a background in PKs um, and also working for Hartford Athletic. Um, the coach, they put up their best, uh, their best takers. Um, I believe the 19-year-old and, and, and um, Rosberg, who came up before him, they were the better kickers on the team, and they gave them the full confidence. But at the same time, it, it comes down to anxiety and nerves when you're up there. Well, let me ask you a question, because I, 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 I defer to you. You sound like you know a lot more about the sport, care about it, follow it more closely than I do. I get it. But again, I will repeat, sometimes it's those of us who just kind of parachute in every once in a while who aren't too close to it, who will make the most observations that others might not make because you're just accustomed to it being part of the sport. If, if the Americans were to get into the knockout round in the World Cup, and I'm watching that, and they wind up playing, you know, they were gonna be, they're going to be the underdog against these huge teams. Let's say that I'm just making this scenario up. They're playing Italy. 
in, in the World Cup. That's a game that everyone will pick us to lose. And we wind up playing our hearts out and getting it all the way to shoot out and lose in something like that. I think that the talk shows like this one will be will explode with American sports fans saying this is a ridiculous way to settle something. We just haven't been paying attention to it before. Do you agree or disagree with that? I absolutely agree. I can give you another example. Um, you said you love to watch the World Cup. Yeah. Um, I can take you back to 2018 when England finally won a shootout against Colombia. Um, it was clearly England was the better team throughout the 120 minutes. I'm Colombian. I could say we got lucky to equalize, and when it came down to PKs, I, I felt like England was better prepared. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, were, were, did all of the others, the people in your life who were also Colombian feel the same way? I believe so. I okay. mean, at the same time, we were upset, but there's, I can't think of another way to settle a match. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. Look, let, let me re- thank you very much for the call, Jose, and everybody else for calling. I, I wanted to make sure we had plenty of time for that. And I'm wide open to the disagreement because I recognize two things. One, this is not my sport. Again, I will defend that by saying sometimes it is those of us who parachute in every once in a while that will make pertinent observations. Two, I also will grant you it is impossibly exciting I mean, Zach Lowe, if you're with us earlier in the show today, he said what I was thinking. I can barely even stand to watch. It's, it's so dramatic. There's so much pressure involved on everyone that it is actually difficult to watch. So I grant no one's shutting it off. If the goal of this is just to be, um, just to be entertaining, and we are, after all, here creating an entertainment, then I understand that it works for that purpose. But I will say again, penalty kicks are to soccer what overtime is to college football. Exciting, but an unsatisfying way to determine the outcome of something important. I will make this ex- and the analogy one more time. I have a million fans who are constantly complaining to me about baseball putting a runner on second base in extra innings because they just want to get the game over with more quickly. Well, you tell me what is less contrived about this than that. They're equally contrived. There are runners on second base during a baseball game all the time, just as there are penalty kicks during a soccer game all the time. It would, this, to me, would be more contrived than that. This would be if they decided to settle a baseball game. If In the regular season, they decided that at the end of 10 innings and the game is tied, we are going to have a home run derby. We're going to let this team's best slugger go up against that team's best slugger and the whoever winds up hitting more home runs wins the game. You know what? That would be very dramatic. That would be a great show. People would watch and would pay attention. No one would turn it off. If, if the Mets are playing the Nationals and you've got Bryce Harper and Pete Alonzo doing a home run derby at the end of 10 innings to settle the winner, no one's turning that off. Doesn't make it a good idea. Just because something is exciting doesn't mean it's a good way to settle what just happened. Now, if you want to do that in the regular season, I might be willing to hear you out. But if you ever decided you were going to settle the <coughs> the National League Championship Series with that, people would be, you know, would be would be picketing. They'd be marching on the offices on Park Avenue and they'd be 100% right to. I'd be organizing it because it's just a stupid way to decide the winner of something that you think really matters. So that's what I think of this. Again, I enjoyed watching it, and I recognize I'm the outsider in all of this. But I I, I think that there has got to be a more satisfying conclusion 
to something that is as meaningful as this is. Uh, Speaking of the conclusion, let me tell you that the poll is closed now. The voting has concluded on my Twitter page today, my Twitter poll that I put up there. If you could have one game, if you could pick one quarterback to win one game with everything on the line, who you got, almost 28,000 votes, and I didn't put it up until right after we came on. Tom Brady got 70% of the vote. Mahomes got 17. Rodgers got 13. That's exactly right. I mean, to me, it is just indisputable. And the fact that two people on the television show today thought differently. I got one vote from Mahomes from Dominique Foxworth, and I got one for Aaron Rodgers from Jeremy Fowler. I just, just doesn't make any sense to me. If you could pick one quarterback to win you one game in the entire history of the sport, the easiest answer to any question you could ever have is that Tom Brady is the answer to that. All right, this has been fun. Again, it is genuinely a delight to be back and better than ever. I'll see you back here same time, same place tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.